Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everyday English. My name is Laura Marshall Say, owner of Marshall Say English. I'm a trained historian. I'm a writer, an editor, and now I teach communication skills, business English, to professionals around the globe. This week, I want to talk about jargon. You know, that type of insider language used by a company or a group that only they understand. What kind of effect can this have on your organization's ability to communicate with its intended audience? Stay tuned and find out. I'm going to tell you something about how I started my professional life that most people don't know. I started my professional life at the age of 21 as a soldier in the United States Army. That's right, I was military, combat boots and all. And for a military person, abbreviations, acronyms, and nomenclature are part of everyday life. We spoke the language of jargon. Now, jargon can be useful. It can be good. It's a shortcut for those with insider knowledge of the terminology. The downside to this is that outsiders often can't understand what's being said or communicated. To show you what I mean, here's an example of typical Army English. First, let's start with my job. I was a 71 Lima in FAS, Headquarters 5th Corps Artillery. Our unit was part of HQ 5th Corps, which was part of USUR. USUR was, and still is, under the command of the SACUR. His office is at SHAPE HQ, which is the strategic command of NATO. We were required to pass a PT test every six months, qualify with our M16s, as well as a number of other CTs. When we were off duty, we would head up to Frankfurt Milcom to the MWR office to see if anything fun was going on, or we'd go to the PX, which is run by AFES. If nothing else, we'd go home and watch AFN. When my tour was up, I didn't want to PCS, so I put in for an extension. Got that? <laughs> okay, this time in real English. I was an administrative specialist at the rank of Specialist 4 in the Field Artillery Section, Headquarters, 5th Corps Artillery. We were part of the U.S. Army Europe, which is under the command of the Supreme Allied Commander Europe. His office was, and still is, at the Supreme Headquarters Allied Powers Europe, which is the strategic command of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. We were required to pass a physical training test every six months, qualify with our rifles, as well as a number of other common tasks every soldier should know. 
When we were off duty, we would head up to the Frankfurt Military Community Headquarters to the Morale, Recreation, and Welfare Office to see if anything fun was going on. Or we'd head up to the Post Exchange, which is a military shopping center run by the Army and Air Force Exchange Service. If nothing else, we'd go home and watch the Armed Forces Television Network. When my two years were finished, I didn't want a permanent change of station, which is a move, so I put in a request to extend my tour of duty. Now, you might think my example is extreme, but it really wasn't. You'd hear this kind of talk all day, every day. In fact, the military is so rife with acronyms and jargon, they've created a dictionary of military and associated terms. It's 370 pages long. That's an improvement over the previous edition, which was nearly 700 pages long. That said, the military really is no different from any other industry. If you've ever sat in on an IT team meeting or had someone try to explain blockchain to you, then you'll understand what I'm talking about. It's all about culture. We often hear companies talk about their corporate culture, but what does that actually mean? What is this thing we call culture? Well, anthropologists tell us that culture is defined as the language, religion, food, customs, and art adopted by a group of people. So how does this apply to the business world? The Center for Advanced Research on Language Acquisition defines it as a group behavior that in turn helps form group identity. This means that your company dress code or eating lunch with your colleagues in the canteen or even the annual traditions at the company Christmas party all work to form group identity. And this is culture. And this group identity is central to any kind of team building within an organization. So what does this have to do with jargon? The first and strongest point in any culture is language. It is strongly connected with our identity, both as an individual and within a group. Jargon within the group can be used as a marker of who's in and who's out of the group. It can be used to protect information or promote status. Dan Airely, professor of psychology and behavioral economics at Duke University, confirms that using jargon not only increases a sense of self-importance within a group, it also helps keep other ideas from entering that inner circle. And whether it's done consciously or unconsciously, using jargon is a way to keep others at a distance. And this can have a huge effect on an organization's ability to communicate with its intended audience. So let's talk about those acronyms, abbreviations, and nomenclatures, and where they fall into jargon and how to use them.
So an acronym is a word formed from the first letters of other words. And this can be individual letters or it can be pronounced as a word. So for example, NASA, that's pronounced as a word. And that, of course, stands for the National Aeronautics and Space Administration. You also have things like NATO and UNESCO. Or you can have things like the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigations. Now, this is different from an abbreviation. An abbreviation is a shortening of a word, like Mr. to MR, or Mrs. MRS. Street, ST. Now, don't confuse an abbreviation with a contraction. A contraction is where two words are shortened into one. Do not becomes don't. And in that case, an apostrophe replaces the missing letters. Nomenclature is defined as creating a system for names and categories. Scientists use nomenclature to classify things. The military uses it extensively to name equipment. For example, the nomenclature for an Abrams battle tank is the M1A2. Businesses also use nomenclature. Anyone who's ever had to buy ink or toner for their printer will have to look for the nomenclature, the model number, for their particular device. This all adds up to jargon, special words or expressions used by a group which might be difficult for others to understand. Now, in order to avoid confusion, you have to be clear up front what your acronyms and abbreviations mean because these can mean different things to different people. For example, I got an email last week where the sender wrote, from my POV, the answer is simple. I had to stop and think for a moment because in my mind, POV stands for privately owned vehicle. Of course, she meant POV point of view. It took me a second, but because I'm a native English speaker, I was able to figure it out quite quickly. But what about the poor person who isn't a native English speaker? Because the email went on, from my POV, the answer is simple. PM me by COB today and we can get a vid meeked to discuss. Of course, she meant from my point of view, the answer is simple. Personal message me by close of business today and we can set up a video meeting to discuss it. To avoid confusion, just write out the words, particularly for an international audience. Now, if you do need to use acronyms or abbreviations, be sure to write out the entire name or title the first time it's used, and then put the acronym in parentheses, even if you think that acronym is well-known within your industry. For example, when you write N-A-S-T as the acronym, are you talking about the Nepal Academy of Science and Technology 
or is it the National Academy of Science and Technology? Or maybe you're talking about the North American Society for Toxinology. You can't tell. Be clear. If you have a lot of abbreviations and acronyms, create a list at the beginning of your document. If you're communicating with anyone outside of your inner circle, avoid using jargon altogether. When you use jargon, you think you're showing people how clever you are, and by doing so, building yourself and your group up. But really, all you're doing is building a wall. Communicate clearly and build a bridge instead. Do you use acronyms and abbreviations in your written communication? Get my free guide, which covers usage, punctuation, and even those Latin abbreviations like EG and IE. Go to www.marshallsayenglish.com forward slash jargon and download it today. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week.